0: I made mention of this a while back. When I was younger, I used to wake up on Saturday mornings. Not just to watch cartoons, but wrestling. WWF superstars. It would be the only time I would want to get up early on Saturday mornings. And yet, not want to get up early for school every day. The syndicated TV shows went as follows. Saturday mornings, I'd wake up at 8. 8. To watch Masters of the Universe, Thundercats, Gummy Bears, Gummy Bears. No, not your Gummy Bears. The real Ghostbusters, or Back to the Future, and sometimes some G.I. Joe. After I looked for WWF Superstars, this was what I used to like to watch. One day after watching WWF Superstars and searching for Gilligan's Island, I came across a channel that had other types of wrestling. I stopped. I decided to watch. This was women's wrestling. These ladies were gorgeous. A bit overly dramatic and none of them could wrestle. Not the norm from watching Earthquake smash some random jobber or the Ultimate Warrior having a two-minute match. These were women who decided to wrestle without any inch of training. They were flopping around all over the screen. I was hooked. Imagine eight-year-old me watching this and not realizing what I wasn't watching wasn't really wrestling. I said it. That's not the point. At least for another hour. Every Saturday I was entertained. In a house where I didn't wait to go out and hang out with my friends. I watched a show that got me in trouble. Nobody knew what I was watching. But they knew that I was laughing in my room. And it was at that moment when this gorgeous lady came on the screen. Her name was Godiva. And she rode a horse to the ring. My eyes met her smile. Her smile met my eyes. Am I saying that right? When friends asked me who was my first female crush, i tell them. Godiva from the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. They didn't know who that was. I went to school and asked around if they knew of this, and nobody did. My friends were all into wrestling. We just talked about every moment we got, but nobody wanted to admit That they watched glow. Enter Godiva. Beautiful. Long. Blonde hair. Her voice. Her English. British. Voice. They did promos in between matches. Vignettes. And every week on Saturdays I would want to watch what this woman would say. I sometimes found the others funny. Colonel Natchaka. Who was Russian. And was head of the KGB. KGB, would have this dick accent and at times I would laugh because it was so cheesy. But when Godiva spoke, I would stop what I was doing just to watch her. Ever been in a trance? You're so focused, your eyes fixated on just one thing and don't realize what else is around you? That was me. Every time this beautiful British woman would show up on my screen. Done. I was done. I was donezo. Unfortunately, it's what got me in trouble. I keep saying this. I It did. I'm watching, and of course, I usually keep the door to my room closed, locked. Don't want anyone coming in. This time, I was careless. I forgot all about the lock. Godiva, my beautiful crush, my beautiful female wrestler from Coventry, England, her vignette, an advice show, an advice show. But the bad thing about this is that a pervert keeps calling her. Pervert? Yeah. Enter my mom. What the hell are you watching? And like a record scratching, my entire world just crashed. You might be wondering how did this happen. I think it would have been okay if my stepdad walked in instead. But she told him what I was watching and needless to say, she wanted him on her side. So I wasn't allowed to watch this anymore. And obviously, I got the talk. Oh, you know the talk, just because I'm a certain age, and I was watching this gorgeous woman talking a promo, blah blah blah, yada, yada, yada. one of those times where I actually wish my stepdad would have stepped up. Let's see what I did there. But instead, she tells him, and he sides with her, of course. Of course, it didn't stop me. I find out about it later through my next-door neighbor. I tell about it. We try to watch it. But it's weird. Again. Why am I... Why is this weird? Why is this awkward? This is a show that nobody in my school wanted to talk about. Nobody wanted to admit it. Not even my best friend. Alright, so let me end this... Cold intro on a good note. It was one of my favorite shows. And once my mom got over the Shock and Awe. That's also wrestling. But with women. And they barely knew how to wrestle. She let me watch. I became a fan of Glow. The gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Had some of the best. Had one of the. Um, a few of the be- Okay. Only one of them was the Tina Ferrari, a decade later, would wrestle for the WWF as Ivory and became multiple-time Women's Champion and WWE Hall of Famer. Told you it wasn't all bad. This show was gorgeous. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to From the Under the Apron podcast. I said I would get to wrestling soon enough, but I also said I would do TV shows and movies. A couple of months ago, I put out a poll on Twitter and wanted to know what the audience wanted to hear more about. The options where the Darren Afrinoski movie, The Wrestler, more heels, possibly season two. Fighting With My Family, a movie about former WWE and current AEW wrestler Soraya, or we can talk about GLOW. 75% chose GLOW, but since then, I've been putting it off. Looks like today is the day we're going to talk about the Netflix show. So, strep. Right into the DeLorean. Get those popcorn buckets ready. We're going back to the 80s. At a time. When women's wrestling wasn't really the norm. Alright. The first season consisted of 10 episodes. And were all released on June 23rd, 2017. The series was created by Liz Flahive and Carly Manch. Who also doubled as writers and producers of the show. Liz uh being a producer on Nurse Jackie and Homeland. Carly's past credits include the show Weeds, also Nurse Jackie, and Orange is the New Black. So they already have a lot of experience in TV shows about leading ladies and conventional women. Executive produced by Genji Kohan, who is also the creator of both Weeds and Orange is the New Black. So she is giving back and supporting her friends. Uh, Directed by Jesse Perez, who is a former music video director, past credits include a bunch of Foo Fighters music videos including Big Me, Learn to Fly, and The One, the Selena Gomez Bad Liar music video directed by, and directed five episodes of New Girl, ten of Nurse Jackie, eighteen of Girls, and five of Glow. The show was released via Netflix on June 23rd, 2017. The idea for the series came when Flaiv and who with this time were looking to make a new female-centric show came across the 2012 documentary GLOW, The Story of the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Before this, neither women had heard of the GLOW wrestling promotion, and they became intrigued by the premise of producing a fictionalized version of it. They found a storyline intriguing as a way of exploring the aftermath of the 1970s women's liberation movement. With Flahive telling Rolling Stone, We wanted to look back on the 1970s coming out of the women's movement and into the 80s and ask the question, did it work? Did things get better? To this end, it was important for the series to maintain a tension between whether the League was exploiting women or empowering them. Ursula Hayden, the owner of the Glow Company, served as a consultant on the series and helped Flahive and Mensch with creating the show. Hayden was also on the original 1980s promotion as Babe, the farmer's daughter. Chavo Guerrero Jr. of the famous Guerrero Wrestling Family also served as a consultant on the series and helped train the actresses. His uncle, Mondo Guerrero, also had served in the same role for the original series. Guerrero Jr. also appeared in two episodes of the second season, including the season finale. Uh, starring, I'm going to say their names, and who were they paying tribute from the original show. Alison Bree as Ruth Wilder, or also known as Zoya the Destroyer, inspired by real-life wrestler Colonel Nunchaka, who was played by Lori Palmer on the original show in the late 80s. Betty Gilpin as Debbie Egan, Liberty Bell. Uh, she was inspired by Americana, played by Cindy Ferda, Scarlet and Tara of the Southern Bells, also. Seidel Noel as Cherry, Junk Chain and Black Magic Bang. Black Magic has roots in Big Bad Mama, one of the villains. one of the villains on the original show who would use voodoo to cast spells to subdue her opponents in the ring. Big Bad Mama was played by Lynn Braxton, who died in 2013 from cancer at the age of 61. Brittany Young as Carmen Wade Machu Picchu. Uh, wrestler Mount Fiji, played by Emily Dole, was her inspiration. Uh, she died in January of 2018 at the age of 60 after suffering a health problems for years nationally ranked shot putter before she became a wrestler. Uh, then we got Britt Barron as Justine scab Kate Nash as Rhonda Britannica Richardson. Loosely based on the original glow wrestler Zelda the Brain and Godiva. Uh, Gail Rankin as Sheila the She-Wolf. The animalistic wrestling persona was based on Dee Boher's glow character, Matilda the Hun. Sheila wore a lot of furs just like Boeher and they both proclaimed their wild, feral-like demeanor during matches. Kia Stevens as Tammy, the welfare queen. Jackie Tawn as Melanie Melrose Rosen based on Jeannie Basson's in-ring character, Hollywood, both Melrose and Hollywood clearly took style inspiration from Madonna based on the glitz and glam. Sonita Mani as R.T. Beirut the Mad Bomber Prim Kumar, one of the most controversial characters on the show, was influenced by Janine Jewett's glow character, Palestina, a derogatory villain known for stomping on the American flag. Barana Poska as Reggie Bicky the Viking Walsh based on the glow character Brunhilda played by Deanne Marie. Like her Netflix counterpart, Brunhilda wore a Viking helmet as part of her gimmick. Kimmy Gatewood as Stacy ethel Rosenblatt and Ozone Bestwick and Rebecca Johnson as Don at Rosenblatt and Nuke. Rebecca. Uh, the duo is directly based on The Housewives, a real team from GLOW portrayed by Sharon and Donna Wieselinski. In GLOW Season 2, Donna and Stacey transformed the Toxic Twins, Nuke and Ozone, a nod to Sharon and Donna's other characters, the Heavy Metal Sisters, Chainsaw and Spike. The, heavy ma- the comedic duo switched back to the Beatdown beaties before the gals moved to Sin City. Uh, Chris Lowe as Sebastian Bash Howard Like Lyle's character, McLean was an avid wrestling fan who recognized that there was a market for women's wrestling that wasn't being met. In an interview with Vulture in 2017, McLean said that Netflix show was pretty accurate in representing his relationship with director Matt (laughs) Simmer. He brought the comedy element to the show that I wasn't going to bring to the show. I brought the wrestling knowledge to the show that he didn't know. McLean left the original show after two seasons, but is still involved with women's wrestling today as a producer of WOW! Women of Wrestling. Mark Maron as Sam Sylvia, somewhat based on real-life director Matt Simber. Simber was also a B-movie director and is proudly best known for directing the 1982 movie Butterfly. His relationship with the wrestlers on the 80s show was a fraught and complicated. While many of the women regarded him and his vision as vital components for the show's success, they recall that he was an extremely demanding and often verbally abusive. In the 2012 documentary about the original show, Patricia King, who wrestled as jailbait, recalled that Simber would publicly humiliate her. He goes, your ass looks like a bunch of mashed potatoes and I was just so hurt, she said. But he was just so mean, he just did that in front of everybody. Meanwhile, Lisa Moretti, who played Tina Ferrari... Ivory from WWE compared Simber's motivational mass strategies to that of an abusive husband. Simber defended his tactics in an interview with Vice this past June. The key was discipline, he said. If anybody got badly hurt, I would feel guilty, so I came down hard. Vice also spoke to several women who said they faced sexual harassment or uncomfortable physical incidents on set, including Cheryl Russo, who played Lightning. Ruth told Vice that when Sunbur invited her to a meeting to discuss her character, he came onto her and touched her butt. I couldn't remember pitching her ass and I wouldn't know why, but she says I did, Sunbur told Vice when asked to comment on Rusa's allegations. Am I going to sit here and contradict her? He also denied having knowledge that any of the women were harassed by any male crew on the show. Critical response. Glow was praised by critics upon its release. and Rotten Tomatoes Season 1 has a 94% approval rating with an average score of 7.66 out of 10 based on 107 reviews. The site's critical consensus reads, With spot-on 1980s period detail, knockout writing, and a killer cast, Glow shines brightly. The first season has a Metacritic score of 81 out of 100. Based on 37 critics, indicating universal acclaim. Darren Frank of Entertainment Weekly gave the first season an A rating, calling it a silly, ma- smart masterpiece with an ensemble cast entirely made up of breakout characters. Sophie Gilbert of The Atlantic said, It's just a blast to watch women having so much fun. Glow fully owns this company and showy let atle- <clears throat> Sophie Gilbert of the Atlantic said, It's just a blast to watch women having so much fun. GLOW fully owns its campiness and its showy aesthetics, but it's smart and subversive underneath the glitter. The pro wrestling community response, however, was, The series received mixed reactions from some of the original GLOW wrestlers. Jeannie Bissone, who wrestled in the promotion as Hollywood, commented that some of the training in the gym and the outfits they get correct. Patricia Summerland, who played Sonny the California Girl in the promotion, saw Mark Maron's character Sam Sylvia, as a stark contrast to original GLOW director Matt Simber. Eileen O'Hara, who was known as Melody Trouble Vixen, or MTV, felt that the series did not properly acknowledge how groundbreaking they were. Lisa Moretti, who competed as Tina Ferrari, would go on to the greatest fame among GLOW alumni as Ivory in the WWE as the three-time WWE Women's Champion during the Attitude Era, said that she was relieved that the series isn't documented because it was more entertaining than a mix between fact and fiction. More positive reaction came from mainstream wrestling figures including Kurt Angle, Eden Sapienza of Slate noted accurate comparisons between the series and the WWE as well as the various regional promotions that made up the National Wrestling Alliance during his heyday.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Lisa And I'm Dawn And if you've ever watched a TV show and thought to yourself Oh my god, that season finale plot twist was absolutely bonkers Or seen a movie and thought Wow, I need to talk to somebody about this train wreck immediately Then we think you'll fit right in with our podcast I Hate It, Let's Watch It We watch TV shows like Riverdale and Emily in Paris And movies like Deep Water, Killer Sofa, Rubber, and Devil Illusions And we give them the total rinsing they deserve It's basically group therapy for movie masochists So come check us out wherever you stream podcasts
0: Hey I'm Mara, and I'm Tara. Together, we are the hosts of Scary Tales and Serials, a new podcast where two mom friends relax and talk
1: about true crime. Because face it, momin ain't easy. If you're looking for true crime stories, paranormal tales, cryptids, really anything that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up, chances are you'll find it right here. Thanks for listening, and we
0: hope you stick around for more Scary Tales and Serials. Synosis of the first episode, which was called The Pilot. Desperate to jumpstart her career, struggling actress Ruth Wilder heads to a casting call at an LA Gym and quickly realizes it's not a typical audition. The show starts off with the credits The Warrior by Santa Scandal featuring Patty Smith plays. The song went to number seven in the United States and number one in Canada, as well as number one on the US rock top track chart and won a BMI Airplay Award in 1984. It was also a hit in Australia where it peaked at number 6 and in New Zealand and South Africa, peaking in both countries at number 11. The music video for the song was directed by David Hahn. The opening songs of the shows changes throughout each episode, but the series features several songs from the 80s as well as tracks from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. The opening theme used for the full-length opening titles in Episode 1 of each season is The Warrior by Scandal. Uh, Quiet Riot's cover of Come On, the Noise was used for the Season 1 trailer, while Maniac by Michael Sambello was used for the Season 2 trailer, and Listen to Your Heart by Roxette for the Season 3 trailer. Songs covered by the cast include The Thompson Twins' Hold Me Now and Barbara Streisand's This Is One of Those Moments. Ruth, who is played by Alison Brie. You may know her very well as Annie on the hit TV comedy show Community. Apart from Scream 4, she has also done voice work on Robot Chicken, American Dad, and is the voice of Uni Kitty in the Lego Universe movies. Ruth is auditioning for a part on a TV show. She performs the part with Gusto.
1: In this world, there are good guys and there are bad guys. And we are the good guys. You see that name on my door? My father's name, son of a bitch. But this isn't about him. This is about justice. This is about holding on to what's ours. This is about my company and my name. And I will not be bullied into submission. Oh, I just want to say thank you so much for bringing me in for this. There are not roles like this for women right now. It's really, ooh, <laughs> it's really great.
0: Only to be told that she was reading the male role and that her part of a secretary telling her boss that his wife is online too. She is thanked for her time and leaves, but instead of leaving and going home, she hides in the bathroom for an hour until she sees Mallory, who is the casting director at the audition. Mallory is played by Amy Farrington, who is best known on the hit TV show SWAT, and plays Detective Piper Lynch, a tactical consultant to the SWAT team. Ruth complains to Mallory that she is often brought in to read for a part, but is never cast. If there is something that needs to change, she wants to change it. Mallory explains that directors often tell her that they want something real, so she brings in Ruth to show them that it isn't what they want. She suggests to Ruth that she might be good for one of her experimental programs, perhaps erotica, if that's something she's interested in. Ruth says she wants a real part, not porn, not going up to the valley. Mallory says that she's not suggesting she goes to have sex on camera. Unless it's something she's interested in, Ruth says what she's interested in are real parts and not secretaries telling powerful men that their wives is on line too. Mallory questions if Ruth read the man's part on purpose. Ruth says yes, considering it's the better part. Mal walks away before revealing that they gave it to Steve Gutenberg. Uh, this is 1984, so Gutenberg is a big comedy star at a time, starring such as uh, the Police Academy franchise, Cocoon, Three Men and a Baby, and Short Circuit. Next scene, Ruth heads to an exercise class, joining halfway through. This is the 80s. Nobody cares. So every movement seemed over-sexualized. Air humping, hip thrusting. If twerking was around, they would probably get away with it there as well. She chats up with a friend named Debbie who is leaking milk from her boobs. Ruth takes off her jacket and hands it over to to Debbie. I wanted to stop at this scene right here because I noticed somebody in the background. Heather Morris, who plays Brittany Pierce on Glee, is exercising right behind them. I had to look this up. It's an uncredited cameo. Uh, Heather Morris is a dancer. She was one of the dancers on the Beyonce single ladies music video and even toured with her. Heather did the single ladies dance and also got to meet Britney Spears on a show when she did the womanizer song on Glee. Back to the show in the locker room. As they're changing and taking off their clothes, Ruth is telling Debbie about how the casting director offered her porn, which Debbie doesn't think she should do unless it's porn Shakespeare. Since Ruth is such a nerd, she would probably enjoy that. Ruth tells her that she doesn't even know if she can pay her gas bill. She has $86 in her bank account, having eaten Cinnamon Toast Crunch for her last six meals. But I'm going to do porn so things are looking up, she says. Debbie tells her a story of her own acting career and how she found a man who would support her. Ruth says she chooses work. Debbie asks if she wants to have a family, but Ruth replies that to do that, she would first have to get a boyfriend. Debbie picks up her gym bag and is about to go, but Ruth thought they were going out to watch Witness at the Dome. Debbie says she can't leave her newborn son Randy with her mom all day because she'll feed him Funyuns, Fresca, and Conspiracy Theories. Ruth says, it's fine, go enjoy her time with her son, and yells, Randy only loves Debbie because of her boobs are full of food. During an interview on a wrestling podcast, Allison Bree joked that Glow's female nudity may have been included to gain male viewership for the female-driven series. Betty Gilpin has sort of talked about that, the nudity and our bodies, she quotes. That exploitation has been like the Trojan horse of the show, where we're smuggling in real, intimate stories of these women's lives under the guise of, like, tits and ass and women wrestling. Bree admitted that she thought the show's nudity was done well because it was realistic. I will say, I like how they use nudity on this show and on Orange is the New Black. It's women again taking ownership of the nudity and not doing it in a way. You sort of catch people in nude moments or changing their clothes or whatever and it's not super. I look sexual and perfect in this moment of being naked. It's more sort of realistic nudity, which I like. A person changing a shirt and you see her tits. Next scene, Ruth heads home and starts to get ready for bed, then discovers a light blinking on her answering machine. It's Mallory, who tells her about an audition, but she's running in she's not running it. Wanda is looking for unconventional women, whatever the hell that means. She says she'll have her girl follow up with the details and that it's not porn. She ends the call with a warning. If Ruth ever accosts her again, she will be blacklisted from every casting call in Los Angeles. Good luck. Ruth chuckles with delight and goes to sleep. That morning, Ruth heads out for the audition at a place called Chavo's Boxing Gym. Yes, Chavo's Boxing Gym is named after Chavo Guerrero Jr. There, she finds a large group of other women in the bleachers and joins the group. She talks with another woman, Carmen Wade, and asks her if they've started the audition yet. Then asks her if she's SAG, S-A-G, and the woman replies that she's part Cherokee. Ruth tells her it's not porn. The woman behind them, Rhonda, buttons up her top. Awkwardly. Another woman is dressed as a wolf and the woman next to Ruth says she didn't know they were supposed to wear costumes. Uh, Sam Sylvia joins the group and sits on the ring apron. greets the group, saying that Did he do anything. He tells them not to talk, to just look at him and smile. A woman he knows, Cherry, asks him to tell them what they're doing there. If it's another one of his trashy vampire movies. He says that it's Glow, a wrestling television show. Sam is played by legendary stand up comedian, actor, writer, and producer Mark Marin. Mark, who looks like he could be a younger version of legendary Marvel writer Stan Lee, has been in countless of TV shows and movies. Most recently, Mark voiced Lex Luthor on DC's League of Super Pets and was in the Joaquin Phoenix version of Joker. Cherry is played actress and former athlete Seidel Noel. She has appeared on countless of TV shows like Everybody Hates Chris, Private Practice, Lincoln Heights, Criminal Minds, Bones, Was on an episode of Smackdown and played Samantha Watson on the show Arrow for 8 episodes. Sam says this is a wrestling show. Only ladies. Lady wrestling. Girl on girl. And they will actually have to wrestle on cable television. Viewed by thousands of people. He says just like the big guys, but girls. Artie raises her hand and asks if it's just like Hulk Hogan. Sam says yes. But if one of them turns out to be Hulk Hogan, then he's hit the fucking jackpot. He explains to them that everyone's going to do tit grabs, cut punches, shrinky dinks, that move that looks like a catfight, but fancy. And did he mention cut punches? He suggests that anyone with a problem doing a wrestling show leave. A large group leaves, but a fair few still remain. Sam congratulates them on making it through the first round of cuts. They will now give out their headshots as well as sign a waiver. Rhonda starts first and she is played by Kate Nash, an English singer, songwriter and actress. Nash launched her music career in 2005. Her 2007 single Foundations became a hit and brought her to public attention in the UK. Her debut album, Made of Bricks, peaked at number one in the UK and was a moderate international success. Aside from music, Nash has appeared in films such as drama Greetings from Tim Buckley, The Comedy Powder Room in 2013, and the comedy drama Syrup in 2013 as well.
1: Movies and Feelings. Pop Pop! Bring Your Own Popcorn is a podcast that dives into people and the movies who love them. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, inviting you to join me and an assortment of wonderful guests on fine podcast apps everywhere. Bring your own popcorn! You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening!
0: Up next is Carmen Wade, played by Brittany Young, who's been on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and appeared in the 2017 Katy Perry music video of Swish Swish. She presents a picture of herself on her birthday. Sam asks why are her eyes closed. She says she can blow candles with her eyes open also. Next up is Cherry. Sam tells her that her resume looks a little thin after 1979. Cherry responds back with movies get a little white after 1979. Sam seen her stunts. She can kick, punch, she can do horse work, car work. Sam asks her if she can act. She pretends to hold a gun with her hand, pointed at Sam and tells him to freeze, motherfucker. He says next up, he says next, and up walks Artie Prem Kumar, and he tells her he is going to need her to do the same. Artie played by Sunita Mani, she's Indian American actress, dancer, and comedian. She is best known for her television roles as Trenton in the USA Network drama, Mr. Robot from 2015 to 2017, and was in the 2022 movie Everything Everywhere All At Once. Next up, Sheila the She-Wolf, who hands Sam her resume and a crumpled up picture of a wolf. Sheila is played by Gail Rankin, a Scottish actress, and also played Emily Dodson in the HBO series Perry Mason in 2020. Her films include The Greatest Showman as Queen Victoria in 2017, Her Smell in 2018, Blow the Man Down, and The Climb in both in 2019. Rankin has joined the cast of the HBO series House of the Dragon for its second season as Alice Rivers. Next up, is Melroy's. Played by Jacqueline Tone, she is an American actress and musician. She is best known for taking part in American Idol Season 8, making it to the top 36 the semifinals. She also took part in the 2011 songwriting competition series Flattened Hit on the Bravo Network. Her films include Deuces Wild, Return to Sleepaway Camp, Jam and the Holograms as Rebecca, and currently she plays Courtney Fortney on both The Boys and Gen V. Moving right along, we meet Reggie Walsh, who says she can throw things. Sam asks if she can throw people, and she says yes. Reggie's played by Mariana Palka. She is a Scottish actress, producer, director, and writer. She is the writer, director, and star of the film Good Dick, which screened at the Sundance Film Festival. Palka wrote, directed, and starred in Bitch, based on a true story from Scottish director R.D. Lang, of a mother acting like a dog after a psychotic break. The film made its round in film festivals around the world after its world premiere at 2017 Sundance Film Festival. In 2007, she appeared on one episode of Drunk History as Martha Washington, Drunk History Vol. 3, featuring Danny McBride. Sammy, two friends, two best friends, who tell them a story at exactly the same time. These two are going to end up playing sisters to each other, so I'm going to tell you their wrestling names instead. They are Ethel and Edna Rosenblatt. Ethel is played by Kimmy Gatewood and Edna is played by Rebecca Johnson. Kimmy is co-creator of the Apple Sisters, a World War II musical comedy trio. The group, which consists of herself, Rebecca Johnson, and Sarah Lowe, starred in 2007 in New York City, they received critical acclaim at the 2008 Montreal Just for Laughs Comedy Festival and moved the group to Los Angeles where they continue to perform. Kimmy played a hairstylist in Smosh, the movie, and was in five episodes of the Netflix drama, Atypical. Rebecca is an American actress, comedian, writer, producer from Staten Island, New York. She was featured on MTV's prank show, Boiling Points and has been performing with her musical comedy group, The Apple Sisters, along with her local star Kimmy Gatewood and Kate with Sarah Lowe's in 2007. She has also been on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and an episode of WWE Smackdown. Both girls finished talking to Sam and he exclaims to them that he's exhausted. He can't anymore. Next up is a 19-year-old Justine by, played by Britt Barron. She's appeared on shows like Awkward, Chicago PD, Grace Anatomy, Lucifer and voiced Livewire on Young Justice. She was also the voice of Tifa Lockhart in the 2020 Final Fantasy VII video game remake. Finally, it is Ruth's turn. He asks if she's a real actor, and she lays out her qualifications and claims she has taken extensive clowning workshops. Alison Bree supported herself as a clown before she was cast in Mad Men. She asks how much actual acting there will be on the program as opposed to hair pulling. Admitting that she doesn't really know wrestling. She asks if he's hiring actors to play wrestlers or if they're going to be the wrestlers. To which he replies, yes. Yes? To what? He says that she has a face that changes and he's not sure whether or not she's pretty. He keeps repeating her name then says that's not a great name. That night she finds herself back home asking a friend on the phone to wire her $200. $200. She says she got a call back and hangs up. Mark Egan knocks at her window. She tells him to go but he says that she didn't want anyone to find out about them. As it turns out, he's cheating on his wife and she no longer wants anything to do with him. She tells him to go home to his family. He pleads with her saying that people like them need attention and sex too. His argument works and they get together and do the deed. Mark is played by Rich Sommer, best known for his portrayal of Harry Crane on the AMC drama series Madman from 2007 to 2015, for which he earned two Screen Actors Guild Awards along with the ensemble cast. He is also known for his roles in the comedy-drama film The Devil Wears Prada in 2006, Celeste and Jesse Forever in 2012, The Giant Mechanical Man in 2012, Hello, my name is Doris in 2015 and Blackberry 2023, as well as voicing Henry in the 2016 video game Firewatch. He just starred in a number of elementary episodes. More recently, he portrayed Detective Dean Riley in the DCW crime drama television series In the Dark in 2019. Allison Bree and Rich Summer also worked together on Madman as Trudy Campbell and Harry Crane, respectively. Alison Brie revealed in a Playboy interview that there are a huge group of fans who have have had a fixation with her boobs during her career, starting with the show community, and that many of them have posted online that they wish she would do nude scenes on screen so they could finally see her boobs, but ironically, because of all the fitness training she did for GLOW, by the time she was ready to film her first nude scene, she was the most muscular she's ever been, so her boobs are the smallest they've ever been. She says, it's sort of like fuck you to the boot fetish people. When she was asked if she's trained to get ready for her very first nude scene in the show, she replied, oh, absolutely. I definitely did some push-ups and sit-ups in my room to bump up the right muscles beforehand. I passed on a lot of projects that had nudity, but I was obsessed with getting glow. I hadn't been anti-nudity. I just really took a strong stance in wanting to find a project that I had felt merited the nudity it wanted me to do. Nudity is a part of the show, and I had no hesitation. I loved the character, I understood why they wanted it, getting naked on camera is like ripping off a band-aid. The hardest part is the transition from being your rogue to being naked on set. Once I was asked, it kind of reminded me of my nudist days from college and that feeling of, oh yeah, I love my body, and this is fun and silly and it's fine. She does have really nice boobs, though. And I remember watching her in community. What was that? They... Annie's boobs? That's what they called her? Oh, that's what they called the monkey. Annie's boobs. Next scene, that morning. Next scene, that morning, Ruth returns for the casting. Sam introduces Salty Johnson, who is to present the basics of wrestling maneuvers. Salty is played by professional wrestler John Hennigan, better known in WWE as John Morrison or Johnny Mundo in the Indies. He is best known for his tenure in WWE Impact Wrestling and Lucha Underground. Hennigan currently makes appearances for All League Wrestling as Johnny TV, Lucha Lever AAA worldwide as Johnny Caballero, and Major League Wrestling under his real name. He also makes appearances for the independent circuit under various ring names. As the women demonstrate the manoeuvres, Sam starts cutting some on the spot. Ruth, however, makes the early cut. Ruth chats with Carmen suggesting that they come up with a backstory, something that is driving them. She says they have to go above and beyond, though the women seem confused at best. As they get up to perform, Ruth performs a skit about stolen bread. Carmen's acting is stiff. Sam says he's cutting them both, but she argues that with no scenes they improvise. He says he's feeling generous, asking her why he should pick her over the other girl. She replies that she's a real actress who will work her ass off. The other woman replies that her dad is Goliath Jackson. Many of the others there seem impressed by this and Sam is too, saying that Ruth is out. Ruth is unamused and he would cut her simply because her dad's a science teacher. He says he doesn't have to justify himself. She leaves. The backstory Ruth and Carmen used during their in-ring trial, involving Ruth stealing a loaf of bread and Carmen pursuing her for the theft, is taken from Les Misérables. Hey, welcome to the Sweet Life Pod, the show where we create special moments with special people. I'm your host Akari Masters. In the Sweet Life Pod, we'll be discussing individuality, peace of mind and how to attain and uphold meaningful relationships. If this sounds fitting, then follow the Sweet Life Pod on Spotify now. Thank you.
1: There are still a lot of things in this world that we all need to learn. Oftentimes these things may seem trivial, but lessons nonetheless. It's been many years, and now it's time that I told you how it all began. It started with the virus, and no, not the one you're thinking of. This virus came so quick, there was no way we could have prepared for it. Everyone was still focused on COVID-19 when it struck. Some believed it was a variant, but they were wrong. Before we knew it, the world was thrown into chaos. Riots broke out in almost every major city. Looters began taking whatever they could in each other's lives. People lost loved ones. They lost homes. And some lost themselves. After about two weeks, civilization had crumbled into a land of lawlessness. Everything seemed lost until I found you when we gained the one thing we all desperately needed, hope. On April 15th, 2022, my heart began to beat for the purpose once again. This is the story of Raising Hope.
0: Later that day, she is accosted by a group of rowdy youth calling themselves the Los Angeles Death Squad. They talk trash to her, calling her a fuckwad and ruining her taco. Then steal her purse and keys. Fuckwad, taco, oh my god. She cries from them to give her the keys, but they take off. Later that night, she is picked up by Debbie Debbie is amused she was jumped by kids but Ruth replies that they were feral and scary. She curses and she tells her not to swear in front of her kid. Debbie but then notes that he's a baby so it doesn't really matter. She says she has a spare she has a spare key to Ruth's apartment. She looks for the key and notices she has a picture of her family which in turn is a reveal of Mark as Debbie's husband and he's cheating on her with her best friend. Debbie invites Ruth over to dinner but she says she has a scene study class. At the scene study class they are reading cat on a hot tin roof. A man named Neil falls asleep. She chastises him for falling asleep when she has nowhere else to go. That night she watches a few wrestling matches involving Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. This is 1985 so it must be the WWF world champion at the time. The incredible Hulk Hogan feuding with Andre Giant and many others at Madison Square Garden, and Rick Flair with the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, going up against Rick Martel. Ruth dresses up, imagines herself as a wrestler. She practices moves and some promos, yelling to take your vitamins and say your prayers, brother. That morning, she returns to audition in costume, telling him he's wrong about her. She steps in the ring, tosses off her cape, and recites a line from a scene study the night before, a cat on a hot tin roof. Then Debbie comes in, shouting at her with the baby in her hand, asking if she slept with her husband, Mark. Ruth nods, admitting that she did. Tammy walks up behind Debbie if she, and asks if she could hold the baby while Deb goes in the ring and slap Ruth. Tam is played by Kia Stevens, an American actress and semi-retired professional wrestler. She is best known for her time with Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, under the ring name Awesome Kong. She also worked with Ring of Honor, Shimmer, Women's Athletes, All Elite Wrestling, and with the under the ring name Karma. Both Ruth and Debbie wrestle, and Sam seems into it. Debbie slaps her, saying she doesn't know what she's supposed to do. Ruth asks if they can go somewhere to talk about it, but Debbie replies that she wants to kick her ass and then never see her again. The two fight, the audience wondering if it's real or if they should care. The scene becomes an imaginary scenario from Sam, in which the two are fighting before a live crowd set to journey separate ways worlds apart. The crowd's enthralled. Back in the audition, Salve asks Sam if they should call it. Sam says yes. And Salty gets in the ring, and the match is called. Root, pin on the ground by Debbie. It's counted out. One, two, three. Holy shit, that was a great episode. Uh, felt... The slap felt so good, apparently. Uh, first reaction was that I loved it. I wanted to watch more of it that night, so I benched the entire show. I might have missed a few things, but... It's, uh what we're here to do right rewatch and see what we might have missed the first time around uh, so this second time around still holds up I'm still interested in the next coming months we are going to rewatch all three seasons and tell you what else was happening in the 80s around that time as well as more insight on those guest starring roles and that's it that's it for tonight um hope you enjoyed that episode Hope you enjoyed that first pilot episode of Glue. And as always, follow us on our socials and support us from Under the Apron on Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, The Threads, Apron underscore stories on the Twitter. More info on the links on where you can listen or watch in the show notes. Listen to us on Apple, Spotify, or any other audio media you can listen to podcasts on. And because y'all asked for it, y'all been asking for it. We have the merch.
1: We've got some merch. Go buy our merch. We've got some merch. Go buy our merch.
0: It is live and on TV public. I have a few options available. We can get the podcast logo from under the apron with the ring light shining in the middle of the ring. And the other option is your choice. Get your father's Behavior t-shirts all in the name of fun. I guess it's a theme song that our friend Dahlia created and, you know, well, um, maybe I'll get her to sing the theme song of the show one day. Who knows? We'll see. Either way, wear them, display them, just because you show signs of sassy and unprovoked fatherless behavior. Link will be in the show notes. Uh, There will be a third fatherless behavior as we are coming up on the third season of the show. Fatherless behavior in the front... From Under the Apron logo in the back Just like a mullet Those will be out in mid-December Just in time for New Year Don't forget to rate us and leave us a review And if you feel you want to do a little bit more Go to patreon.com Forward slash From the Apron Podcast Support us on the Patreon Become a top tier patron and get patron privileges And I will shout you out at the end of every episode Like Babblebee B, Smiling Damon H Chanel from the Nurse Texas Podcast Cloudy November from the Notes and podcast, Wheezy Soup from the Life of a Thirty-Year-Old podcast, I Beloved Sigh from the Sweet Life pod. I'll have the links to those podcasts in the show notes, so you all can check them out. I love them. Uh, others include Dark Fate Creations. Get your Dark Fate Creations uh, candles at darkfatecreations.com. You will not regret it. Mini Mommy Life, Black Heart Beauty, OMG as Ren, Can a Time, Messenger Stupidity, Rabbit, Collector of All Things and Mental, Celestial Moon Goddess, Toasted Bagel, Swifty Ever After, Lisa's Journey, The Sparkly Experiment, Lily Linguini, Age of Shadow 666, The Move Ya, yeah, Ivan Campbell Music, Marijuana Barbie, Dissolve Existence, Sad Ride Boy, Queen of the Underworld. Wild Stark. Roman J. Mariah J.'s Little Miss Confidence. Professor Milo. We meet again, good sir. Greenery. I don't know one. Lost Shadow 88. Plummy the Chummy. Intrepid Renegade. Knacked 182. Pixel has cake. Dahlia. Paul Firemark with his... New logo looking at... Benicio the total looking, uh The hot couple you know. School Shout, AVGTH, TX. Lens, Yay, 87. Killing, Killjoy. Hey, it's me, your favorite chick. Jada Samia. Kit Kat Trouble, Kit Kat Trouble. Narcissus, just another dude. A double mint bitch. Life, 1995. Scission Biscuits, Tiger Princess, Claudia Ramos Design, Princess and the Weed. Thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Patreon.com forward slash From Under the Apron Podcast. Get your name shout out. Support the podcast. Check out the show notes for links to other podcasts. trailers you heard on this episode. Send us a message of your favorite wrestling stories, horror stories, questions, comments, ratings, or requests at our email. It is From Under the apron at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Join the Live, Sting, The Gift, and Be. That Tell your friends. Join us next time for more stories, movies, and TV show reviews, as well as wrestling related stories, where we come to you from under the apron. Take your vitamins and say your prayers, brother.